1: 97.1 FM
2: Talk Podcast. I, wanna, I just want to pick up on something that I was closing with on the uh, the gender stuff before we lighten it up just a little bit and we get into Sue's news. One of the things that the New York Times story. And I want to react just because someone kind of hit me on Twitter here with an interesting comment that I think is a bunch of crap. So let me address that uh, quickly because somebody said. I'm not saying, and for those of you who are just joining us, I talked about this piece that was in the New York Times on Friday, which featured um, a lot of discussion about a, a young woman who's back to being a woman who transitioned to being a man when she was 18 years old. Deep, deep regrets now is going back in the other direction. And this piece in the New York Times, not unlike Jamie Reid's whistleblower report, talks a lot about how the people who were supposed to be the experts that were supposed to be doing their jobs weren't doing their jobs screening for other things that might be present, whether it's sexual abuse uh, when you were a child or mental illness, things along those lines. And she features in this piece a woman by the name of Stephanie Wynn, who is described as a licensed marriage and family therapist in Oregon, was trained in gender affirming care treated multiple trans patients, but in 2020, after coming across detransition videos, began doubting the gender-affirming model. So she spoke out in 2021 about approaching gender dysphoria in a different way, like pay attention to the people who no longer consider themselves transgender after undergoing medical or surgical interventions. And she's just you know blackballed because of that. She tries to bring a different perspective up, and they don't want to hear it. And what the story says from Friday is detransitioners say that only conservative media outlets seem interested in telling their stories, which has left them open to attacks as hapless tools of the right, something that's frustrated and dismayed every detransitioner I interviewed. These are people who were once the trans-identified kids that so many organizations say they're trying to protect. They change their minds. They feel abandoned. So this person on Twitter said, I'm not saying surgery is the answer, but these kids have mental health problems because they feel they were born in the wrong gender that is simply not true there is this person says the mental health problem exists because of the dysphoria no that that's it's the opposite that's part of the point of what jamie Reed was trying to say it's part of part of the point of what this article in the new york times was trying to say so you can believe that if you want but it's absolutely false so i want to clear that up here we have um our friend jason rance coming up here in just a couple of minutes he wrote he's at ktth in seattle fellow talk show host you see him on fox he wrote about this school in shoreline washington in his area out in seattle that hail fidel castro as a social justice champion, so we'll get into that. We got Kusumano a little bit later as well. And you know, I'm a big Mizzou person. My friend Ken Dabinski is here. He's the president, the founder of Haystack. We've had him on before talking about some of the fun stuff that Mizzou's doing with their name, image, and likeness, in particular the uh, the delicious chips, the hot oh, rip- red hot right. ripplets that Luther Burton Third had. Ken is back with us this afternoon because we have more products to highlight. Kenny, how are you this afternoon?
3: I'm good, Mark. How you doing? M-I-Z. At I, I, Z-O-U,
2: however, I, I think we should get this on the record because our basketball team, and we're a football program now, Dominski, you know that, but because <laughs> our basketball team lost to Vanderbilt on Saturday, there is a really good chance that they will go um, winless in the SEC this year, which is quite stunning considering what was happening a year ago.
3: I'm stunned to even hear that coming out of your. Uh, but it out, is possible. It
2: is. Po- I mean, I, I'm not losing hope in this coach because I think good things are coming. You know, for next year with recruits. But absolutely, man, it's been a little painful. You're not willing to go down the rabbit hole, are you? With
3: me, I'm just. I am saying. not. I'm. I'm gonna keep the faith.
2: I understand. All right, tell me about the new ice cream that's coming out, and uh, this is kind of fun because people can do their part to keep some of these athletes staying at the University of Missouri Athletic Department, right?
3: Absolutely. And NIL, as you know, name, image and likeness is getting to be more and more of a forefront issue and and really helping these programs. And I think Mizzou has done a great job in really staying in the forefront and, and getting getting ahead of the game. And, and hopefully some of these items help in, in some small way with that. So we've got an ice cream coming out with with four different athletes from four different sports, uh, all ex, uh, exclusively at Schnook stores. Schnooks has really been a great partner in this program. Obviously, picked up the Luther Burden chips right away, and and then we've done uh, now three uh, frozen pizzas with with different athletes, and now we've got the ice cream with with Noah Carter from basketball, with Effani yeah. uh, e Andre from women's track. Uh, Keegan O'Toole, who's, a, as many know, a world champion now wrestler and doing great things for the number two-ranked wrestling team. And then uh, Jordan Iliff, who is an all-SEC women's volleyball player. So we're really trying to diversify the program, and, and that's really one of the cool things about it is is it's obviously we've we've had football, and everybody's aware of what a great football team and season we had this year. But there's a number of sports at Mizzou that are really having great years. Uh, I mentioned wrestling, obviously number two in the country. Uh, Gymnastics is in the top 10 in the country. Women's volleyball went to the SEC, I'm sorry, the NCAA tournament for the first time in a few years. So a lot of really good things. And it gives us a good chance to kind of highlight those on some of these items and and be a fun thing for the, for the athletes and hopefully for Tiger fans.
2: But again, if you buy the Tiger tracks ice cream and you can see the varieties with a bunch of the different athletes that you mentioned, that that will go to help the collective, right?
3: Exactly. So, so all these, these products we're doing, um, some of the, the, the athletes get get uh, compensated for their name, image, and likeness. So it's a way to, to to get them some money. But also, it's it's kind of the cool factor of it, no pun intended with the ice cream. But, you know, for them to walk into a store and see their face on a product for their family and friends to go into a store, it's just really a cool thing that the, the athletes, and, and I think Tiger fans, have really embraced. And, and Mizzou really has been ahead of the game with this. We really were the first ones out with any kind of product uh, with the Luther Burden chips. And then I obviously followed that with a number of others. Yeah. And, and really, it's the first of its its kind program at any school in the country.
2: Ken, is it out yet? Is it available in stores yeah. or
3: not? It is just okay. uh, the end of last week. I've seen it. Some sort of a lot of stores are uh, displaying it with the frozen pizzas, so it's it's pretty cool to you know buy one. And obviously, we've had pizza and chips, and now we've got dessert for everybody with the ice cream.
2: Awesome. <laughs> well, keep keep your eyes out for that. I appreciate everything you do, as you know. I'm a big fan of all this stuff to try to keep some of these athletes there at Mizzou. And I'll absolutely a- everything I said about the uh, the negative part about the college you know basketball season for Mizzou. We'll edit that out of the interview. No one will be able to tag you with that. Absolutely. Just so you know. And by the way, another. Now, Mark,
3: I know you're. I know you're a true believer.
2: No, I am, and I'm, it's just a little painful to watch. You mentioned uh, Eufanie Andre, who is also involved in this field triple jumper. That was my sport when I was in high school. T- triple jump, I did that. Did you know yeah, that?
3: I think what? Yeah, I did not. I think the problem was probably that your triple jumps uh, fell short of most people's regular single yeah. long jumps. Yeah. Was Ken that knows
2: that me all too well. I think
3: might he be knows me too <laughs> well. Thanks, Dabinsky. We
2: love you. Thank you very much. You
1: may
3: these allegations
4: are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment
1: we're not going to comment. it's not clear messaging (laughs) and now sue's news sponsored by mr appliance speedy expert service mr appliance.com
2: oh i forgot to mention we also have the hall of famer back with us this afternoon that's right fred bottom bottenheimer bottomer how
5: about fred
1: bottenheimer over there ladies and gentlemen
5: (laughs) fred you did a great job at the uh the
4: induction oh thank you very much It, it was uh a lot easier than I thought it would be. I thought I'd be really, really nervous. Yeah. But it was just a good crowd. Did it help that you were kind of in the middle rather than at the beginning? Yeah, it did. It yeah. did. I could tell, you know, what people were talking about and how long they went. You are about so number four or five in the group, I was six probably? out of ten. Yeah, see, okay. I'm never good at math, so No, there you you're go. really
2: not. But that and isn't Joe Buck that was last. Off. Yeah, Joe Buck was last.
5: And uh, Joe Buck gave Fred a shout-out,
2: which I still <laughs> love. Um, okay. <laughs>
5: Now, uh, is the only person? Did you watch the Grammys, Mark?
2: I only watched the the opening because we were we were getting ready to watch something else last night. Alexa wanted to see a little bit of the Grammys because she really wanted to see Taylor Swift. But SZA, no, 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 Dua Lipa opened it up. I did see SZA for a little bit too. Okay. It's not SZA, no, no, SZA, who S- was born G- here in St. A. Louis but didn't really grow up here. Oh. But I didn't watch very much. I have heard some of the controversy though, and I do have some of the speech if we do can ya? play that. Yeah.
5: All right. Well, uh, I was going to start off the Grammy. Winners, the 66th, I I did not watch either. I find Trevor Noah to be not at all even
2: remotely funny. Well, that was one of the reasons I didn't watch, because I don't think he's funny at all.
5: Like, I don't know that he's ever said anything that I thought, woo-hoo, is hilarious. Uh, What
2: were you going to bring up? Well, the one thing that was obviously, and this is funny because... Tracy Chapman did her song, Fast Car, with Luke Combs. I wanted
5: to bring this up later.
2: I didn't watch it last night, but I did see the clip of this, and this was probably the moment that got the most attention. But it's so funny because there were people that wrote columns last year about how this is some sort of disservice to Tracy Chapman that this white country guy did Fast Car. The white country dude was in awe of Tracy Chapman last night and did a great job in that particular song. He,
5: in fact, said that he used to drive in his dad's pickup truck, the F-150, he mentioned. And when this song came on, and his dad would play this album, and he loved it so much. It was his favorite song. So when he got to record it, he was thrilled. When Tracy Chapman said, yes, I will go to the Grammys and sing it with you, he was just in heaven. And I think
2: that's her first live performance in seven years. That was a long time. Wow. That's cool.
5: That's really cool.
2: So that was, you know, I think one of the more special moments last night. But then Taylor Swift wins for Best Album, Album of the Year, right? Yep. Abby, what what record? She's got so many damn records. Which one was it?
5: I think it was Midnight. Midnight. Can you you just ask me because
2: (laughs) I've got it in Sue's news. (laughs) Okay.
5: Okay. Midnight, Taylor Swift, and it was her fourth in this category. And it surpassed Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, and Paul Simon for the most in Grammy history. Wow.
2: Okay. But. Jay-Z goes up there and oh he complains. Have you heard this?
0: Uh, no, just well, this from is, you.
2: This is the story today, is that Jay-Z's not happy.
0: We want y'all to get it right. We love y'all. We love y'all. We love y'all. We want y'all to get it right. At least get it close to right. And obviously it's subjective. Y'all don't got to clap at everything. Obviously it's, su- obviously it's subjective because, you know, it's music and it's opinion-based. But, you know, some things, you know... I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you, some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you made it robbed.
2: I thought that was pretty funny.
0: Some of you don't belong in the category. No, 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 no! That was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth.
2: All right, so that was the line that got a lot of people very curious, and I don't know if you know the other people that were in the category, but it was Miley Cyrus, John Batiste, um, Taylor, who won, Billie Eilish, Victoria Monet, Olivia Rodrigo, Boy Genius, and the aforementioned SZA. So I don't know if Jay-Z ever got really particular on who he thought didn't belong in the category. I could name a few. Victoria Monet and Billie Eilish and Boy Genius probably don't belong in the category. Those would be my choices.
5: Well, to get up on stage, no matter who you are, and say... These people shouldn't be in the category. You know who should be my wife. Is never a good look.
2: Well, yeah. you know, she wasn't even nominated in that category. That That's so what I mean. It's one thing if she was nominated. And now he's right, she's got 32 Grammys, so she, I think she holds the record, but but maybe she just never had an entire album that Right. Was
5: and uh, it's just not a good look. And that's the kind of thing that makes you go, this is why I don't watch the Grammys. Blah. Uh, Okay, record of the year was Miley Cyrus This was her first Grammy And it was Flowers And Mark has it if he cares to play it And uh, let's see Song of the year was Billie Eilish But this is
1: Miley
2: I don't think I have the Billie Eilish, by the way Uh, No, I didn't put it in there
5: And Billie Eilish won, too And you think, what? But you know why? Because it
2: was the Barbie movie
5: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, what was I made for? So, what did
2: she win for?
5: Uh, she won for "Song of the Year" okay. for the thing for Barbie. Let's see. They even did stuff like Best Music Film, David Bowie documentary "Moonage Daydream." And Chris Stapleton got Best Country Song but my favorite part was just looking at the stuff this morning because I did not watch it was Luke Bryan and Chasey, Tracy Chapman especially when you heard his quote of saying Luke Combs oh I'm sorry Luke don't Combs
2: support, don't, don't com, you know combine your Lukes in country music you're oh really my in goodness. trouble for that I just missed the you know the, the Grammys for me as a music fan and I think for a lot of people used to be pretty important it was something you looked forward to and you were excited when the artists that you knew you know would be nominated and win and now you don't know half the artists and I guess I'm just old, we're old, we don't know some of these artists. I think it's become so political, and there are artists that it's the same thing with all these award shows, artists that should be nominated, that are not, and vice versa. right? So it's subjective. Jay-Z said it.
5: Exactly. Well, there is an article on TheHill.com today saying that Joe Rogan has signed a $250 million deal with Spotify for his Joe Rogan Experience podcast. New twist on this deal is that Spotify will sell ads for... And distribute it on YouTube. Uh, Rogan's original deal with Spotify was only $200 million. Joe Rogan hauling in the monies. Mm-hmm.
2: Have you guys used Amazon lately, um, Prime Video? Have you tuned in in the last week? Uh, not in the last week. Okay. Because when I did over the weekend, and I don't think I had in in a few days, it asked me to pay more for the ad free subscription.
5: Oh boy! It
2: says that you now have to watch ads unless you want to pay two or three dollars more a month. So, I do not. Therefore, hello I well, ads. Well, I said yes, yes, but that I guess that's all of these are going up. And by the way, they're not going up by like twenty five cents. It's yeah. How much was it? A couple bucks? I think it was. Two ninety. Well, it was probably three bucks. It was like two ninety nine. I don't know. It caught me off guard because it looked like the whole format of Amazon sort of changed in conjunction with that a little bit as well. Ee gads.
5: Mm. Uh, Okay, this story was interesting just because I definitely learned something here. Someone in Norway drove their Tesla into a fjord, which is what a lake or something like that. It started sinking, but luckily, Fred, people there love saunas, and they have (laughs) floating saunas. In Norway, and a floating sauna with a couple people oh. with towels around their waist came out of the door of the sauna and saw the Tesla going down. And with their towels around their waist, managed to pull them up into onto the floating sauna. And it you know it was freezing cold water, and they put them in the sauna and warmed them up. And everybody lived happily ever after. Wow, that's, that's right, perfect. floating that's saunas. Perfect. I have never heard of such a thing. I had no idea. I'm, I'm yeah. just trying to envision that. I don't even know if oh, I envision. it. Oh, there's video if okay. you want to Google it. yeah. F- you don't have to plug it in or anything, huh? Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know how they do that. With the coals and the, tss, yeah. I don't know, with the water? Oh, yeah, look at yeah. this. Mm-hmm.
2: What, you thought I made it up? No, but I, I'm just <laughs> saying that the video, is, it, the video makes an impression. It does. I don't think you made it up. I'm just trying to envision the I'm uh, oh, sorry, my audio's on on my iPad as I watch this uh-huh. right now. Yeah, somebody
5: in another boat caught the video, and they, they watched the car kind of go Okay,
2: so th- this will help a little bit. The floating sauna is actually r- real big, and it, it almost looks like a, What do you call those things? um pontoon boat to a certain extent it's like it's it's as big as a pontoon i don't boat. think it's that big but well, I'll, I'll give it to you look at the people on oh okay there. it's absolutely as big well as did you pontoon picture boat. something
5: teeny tiny yes yeah. i did okay yeah. fair yeah. enough yeah it's a little bigger than that Sue's news brought to you by mr appliance speedy expert service go to mr appliance.com i would rather have a hot tub over a sauna are you a sauna person fred uh i like a hot tub better yeah abby I think it depends, but mostly hot tub. Yeah.
2: Okay. Now here's what's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I was at the MAC, my trainer, Nick, who kind of runs me through my workouts, and he asked the question. He goes, do you ever go into the sauna? I'm like, no, I don't enjoy being naked with a bunch of people who are usually fatter than I am in a room that's really hot and sweaty. And he was sort of telling me the benefits of, you know, I've done it over the years. I think we all have, but there were a lot of, he, he. and this is a guy that just got his degree. I think he just got his master's in, in some of this stuff. He was telling me the benefits of what a sauna does for you. I had and no idea. They are? I don't know oh. because I haven't done it yet, but it's, it, <laughs> what did he, he tell you? Like okay. what struck me? I, he rattled off nothing except yeah, the yeah. sweat mm-hmm. and seeing fat people in the sauna. That's what resonated with me. I'm uh, just saying enough. that he told me, I'm going to text him because if, I can't tell you exactly if what If
5: I uh, need, if I drive my Tesla, which I don't have, into the fjord, I'd prefer to get into a floating hot tub. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance. Speedy expert service. Go to Mr. Appliance.com. and Mark, Oh, did I add this? I can't remember. I don't think I did. Uh, today's random fact, only one Disco album ever Won a Grammy for album of the year That album of course Saturday Night Fever. That is correct Fred
2: bodenheimer the Hall of Famer It <laughs> well, also whoa, oh, okay, ahead. But you, you say that it That's because it got kind of put into that So called disco category but There did. have been a lot of records that you probably would consider Disco that weren't disco I can't, that
5: none popped to mind for Grammys, but you're right about that Uh, It's also one of only three movie soundtracks ever to win that award. The others, The Bodyguard, Whitney Houston, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, nice. With that That really cool Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
2: And that's it for Sue's News. All right, there you go. Uh, Appreciate it. Monday edition of Sue's News. The Hall of Famer back with us. We have Jason Rance from Seattle coming up. He's going to highlight something that happened in his neck of the woods out there in the Pacific Northwest with a high school, public high school, paying homage to Fidel Castro in school. Frank right, Cusimano coming up here. We'll do a little sports at 445. The Blues, of course, on their break. We had the uh, the All-Star game over the weekend. You had the Pro Bowl yesterday. The Super Bowl is coming up next Sunday. I believe that there is a Missouri team in that Super Bowl. Can we confirm that? Yes, we can. can. Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, we can. Other side of the state, but we still love him. All right, Jason Rance here from Seattle this afternoon. You see him on Fox all the time. He does a talk show in his own right at KTTH, and he wrote about a school that's in his area that had Fidel Castro being held up as a social justice champion. Jason Rance, welcome back to 97.1 FM Talk. How are you this afternoon?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. This is a doozy of
2: a story from this high school out in your area, and I want you to explain what happened here. And, you know, every, every once in a while you see these things and you scratch your head and say, Really? Stuff like this still happening? But, Jason, stuff like this still happening, I guess, right?
4: It it is, and I'm willing to bet it's happening way more often than people realize. In this case, it was a school a little north of Seattle in Shorecrest High School where during an MLK assembly that was ostensibly about celebrating MLK, they actually celebrated Fidel Castro. He was part of this. This notorious dictator was offered what they called a candlelight vigil and he was celebrated because, according to the student presenters, he was martyred for advancing social justice causes and for decolonizing his country. Now unless martyred has changed definitions the way that the Democrats have changed, you know, the definition of men and women, (laughs) he was not martyred, right? I mean, this is a guy who died at 90 years old, peacefully in his sleep. He died of natural causes. There was no martyrdom. But of course, more problematic is the fact that they are celebrating this guy given his record, but they're doing it because they see him as this hero for decolonizing Cuba. And dare I Posit that they probably don't know what decolonizing is, and they've been taught about it by some radical educator who's essentially being used here, um, in instead of their own thinking, to present more propaganda to these kids. It he's really,
2: uh, more accurately, one of the biggest human rights violators of you know the last. 50 hundred years certainly the last 50 years you know i always share this story jason it was interesting i don't know about you but i like to every once in a while not always talk to my uber drivers and I've mentioned this young woman before. I was in Vegas, and this is probably five or six years ago, and I had a young Cuban woman who, by the way, loved being in this country. I mean, compared to a lot Mm -hmm. of people who like to complain about America, they hate America, she could not say enough about this country. And one of the things that um, that always resonated with me, and I think by now this has changed, but again, this was only five or six years ago, you could not, as a common person in Cuba, have a cow and eat a steak you could milk that cow but if you were not in the elite you couldn't have a hamburger you couldn't have a steak that was the kind of freedom that the common folks in Cuba were afforded and that's just a small you know non-harmful example if you will it got a lot Mm -hmm. of worse than that and it's unbelievable that any school in this country would sort of hold that up as uh, an example of excellence in any way shape or form
4: well and what's alarming in this case The school is defending its decision. I I got a hold of an email that one of the administrators wrote to a parent that effectively said they're excited that kids are talking about history and downplaying any criticisms as well. You know, they did point out how problematic Fidel Castro was. No, they didn't. I've got the actual script that was read at this assembly. They offered one sentence that said his communist regime faced criticism for limiting political freedoms. That's it. That's the pushback and warning that kids got. My concern is that this is happening and kids aren't realizing it. In this case, the only reason I found out was a student who was smart enough to realize that this is wrong because the parents brought this kid up correctly, immediately knew something was going on, took a a photo of the assembly, sent it to his mom, who then connected with me. That's the only reason I know about this. How many times out there do you think some of this stuff is getting in front of kids and they're not even noticing that it's wrong? A lot. A lot. Yeah. All the time. And if parents right now who are listening question whether or not their kid would do precisely what that student did, that's the key that you have to be. That's the hint that you better be having conversations with your kid because they need to be primed to spot this and then inform parents about it. Because only then does it get out to the media, does it get out to other parents, so that you can put pressure to maybe change things.
2: So it is kind of stunning that they double down and they don't see anything wrong with this, that it wasn't problematic. You know, one of the things that happened in the past, and I think this gets lost in all the noise about Colin Kaepernick. You know, the thing that pissed me off about Colin Kaepernick was when he did, you know, the infamous kneeling and reporters were asking him, Jason, about that incident way back when, whenever it was, he was, I don't know if you remember this, but he was wearing a T-shirt that paid homage to Castro and the Castro regime. I thought that, and here's a guy once talked about human rights and, and how people in this country don't have rights. It's outrageous, the hypocrisy and the irony, if you will.
4: Yeah, I don't even know if it's hypocrisy. I think it's just ignorance. I, I think that when you yeah. focus on a very specific worldview that you hold or, or look at stories through that one very specific worldview, you can pretty much... Celebrate anyone, right? I mean, if you limit the the bad things people do, but you limit it specifically to, to, you know, through this positive light of one small aspect, because you could say, well, he did well in, in with Fidel Castro, he did well in pushing out the Batista regime. I mean, okay. Now, do do you ignore everything else? Would we do that? with folks like Hitler, with Pol Pot, with Mussolini. No, of course not. And yet they're doing it with Fidel because he's taken on for progressives, some progressives, this weird hero status. And I have to assume it's because they don't really understand what happened in Cuba. They just focus on one small aspect, because generally speaking, when we call out dictators or, or you know rotten people of our history, Fidel's not top of mind all the time, right? We, we usually go with the Hitler first. And I just wonder if that was the avenue for Fidel to sort of sneak in and be seen as this hero.
2: I just wonder, you know, I think this is kind of I'm answering my, you know, own question here, but when it comes I'm fine with information that's given, you know, to young students, whether they're You know, I have a nine-year-old, and I'm already picking up on some of the indoctrination. But I guess my point is, let's get all the information out there. You want to talk about how he, you know, overthrew the Batista regime? Well, let's talk about the Castro regime and what they did and what they meant for the Cuban people. And by the way, why did so many thousands of people cross the ocean to get to America, some of them not making it because they felt like they didn't have freedoms in Cuba and they wanted to, you know, live a better life? So are they being taught that at the Shoreline High School in your area? That would be one of my questions.
4: Yeah, and I I think you brought it up earlier. When you talk to people who are Cuban-American, they're pretty consistent in what they say. They're pretty consistent in loving this country and hating what they had to escape. They they obviously wish they didn't have to escape – but they did for a very, very specific reason, and they are consistent across the board. So if you want to talk about this issue, generally I agree with you that you should pre- pre- present both sides, assuming you know we're doing it in an age-appropriate way and at the right age for them. I have no problem discussing Fidel Castro for high schoolers. I have a problem with kindergartners because they're not going right. to understand exactly. two sides of things. Yeah. So uh, you know, I- I'm generally with you on that. I just don't see that changing unless – there's a significant cultural shift within our schools. No, it's not going
2: to change. It's you're right about that. Jason Ranswith is from Seattle. Of course, his book is called what's killing America inside the radical Left's destruction of our cities. Well, I got you here. Just uh, any thoughts from out West on the presidential race. There really isn't a presidential race. It's kind of over at this point, Jason, what, what do you think is going to happen as a talk show host? You have some of the same challenges as I do here in St. Louis moving
4: forward toward November, right? Pre- precisely. I mean, unless there's something dramatic that happens and in fairness, Something dramatic could always happen, but it's almost certainly going to be Trump versus Biden. All the polling seems to indicate that Trump is going to win. It might be I, I still think it's going to be closer than some people on the right want to admit. I mean, keep in mind, the polls are where they at because you're not really hearing from Donald Trump. Right, there's no right. tweets. There's no speeches that are being broadcast. Which, well, there's no felony convictions, right? Yet, I mean, right? yeah, I mean that,
2: the polling yeah, shows but, if there is one of those, then maybe people switch their minds a little bit there.
4: Maybe it kinda depends again, because clearly up until this point, going after him with all of these charges in different venues, that hasn't helped. That actually has helped his case that he's a victim of a political prosecution and he's going to stick with that. And I think, you know, with the Fonnie Willis stuff coming out now, that's connecting with some people. It's getting it's slow because, you know, most outlets don't really want to talk about that outside of conservative ones. But it's getting out there and the more and more and more that people realize what's going on, I find that they're going to treat him as sympathetic. So I, I just love the idea that MSNBC refuses to air his speeches. Yeah, you're just helping him. If you're MSNBC, you should be showing everything and then just pointing to it and saying, well, see, he's crazy, just to get the left a little bit more excited about pushing back. But it's hard to run against Donald Trump when people remember their personal financial situation under him and compare it to, to, to Joe Biden, who's still telling you about how wonderful the economy is. Well, the economy yeah. is great from a very specific, hyper-focused, high-end position, but if you're still struggling to pay for eggs or gas – yeah, it doesn't matter that the economy is strong. Your personal finances are still weak.
2: Yeah, well, in the border situation, I, mean, I even looked at some fresh yes. you know, polling on that today. It's unbelievable how overwhelming it is, even out in your neck of the woods out west with Democrats. They're like, enough is enough, and the administration has let this really get away from themselves. And then you got this crappy bill that's clear in the Senate, so I don't know where that's taking us right now, Jason.
4: Yeah, I mean, we're obviously going to find out. It seems to be DOA uh, on the House side of things, so I can't imagine they're going to be able to come up with enough – changes to make people happy i'm not going to pretend that there's nothing in this bill that makes sense there there is a lot of stuff that makes sense what i would prefer is if we didn't have any number that you would have to hit before closing the border it should be zero understanding yeah sure some people will eventually get across but to get to that 4,000 over seven days that's too much to me and i think it's too much for a lot of people jason
2: rance always great to have you on here in st louis we appreciate it have a great week you as well. We are still a full 60 minutes away from our um, feature that I call audio cut of the day right before the show wraps up. I always feature like a, a piece of audio that might be the most um, buzzworthy of the day. But I have something I just found from the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, which might have to be. The cut of the day. Abby's pulling that. It's just, this is another head shaker, uh, Sue, from the mayor of Chicago. They're always entertaining, no matter who you get up there. So we'll get to that here Hmm. in just a bit. Coming up after the top of the hour, uh, Dr. Bob Onder, who is a former state senator. He is in the race for the 3rd Congressional District, being vacated by Blaine Luckemeyer. He's going to visit with us in the studio. Dr. Mark Siegel is going to be here in the next hour on the, um, well, I suppose something that I haven't mentioned today will come up because King Charles has cancer. Did you hear that, Sue? No, I didn't. Yeah, um, I'm not a you know big Royals person, but we'll, we'll touch on that. But we're going to talk to him about some of the stuff that happened with those Chiefs fans. By the way, it looked like it was fentanyl. You know that, yeah. right? I saw that last week, and I thought, yeah. okay. Well, that's the only way to explain it. I know. Otherwise, it's bizarre. And I guess they, they called, you know, the, the guy that held the party who's in rehab right now, they called him, you know, Dr. Mixmeister or something like that. I can't oh. remember. They had a nickname. The chemist. Like, yeah, I know. That should tell you something right there. Frank Cusimano is here from Channel 5 this afternoon as we get... Get ready for the Super Bowl in six days. Frank, how are you? Happy Monday.
6: Good to be with you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Did
2: you spend any time? I watched a little bit of the uh, the Pro Bowl stuff yesterday. I mean, the final score was like 167 to um, 155, wasn't it, in the flag football game?
6: Yeah, I try to. Stay away from that as much as I can. <laughs> we had to show a little bit on Sports Plus last night. But it, it's – you know what? I haven't seen the ratings, but the ratings will be great. They'll beat every other sporting event out there because it's the NFL. And, you know, like in the meantime, like that Liv tour who has trouble getting people to watch. Yeah. It was that ab- absolutely captivating finish in pitch blackness. It went to four sudden death holes before Joaquin Neiman beat Sergio Garcia. It was just spectacular.
2: Really? Now, and did that happen because the, the tournament at Pebble Beach
6: kind of got sh- cut short because of the weather out there, right? Yeah. The the, uh, the Live event was in Mexico. And I got to tell you something. Uh, I know nobody knows about the live, live tour, but there are times when they got John Rahm, they have Phil Mickelson, they have Brooks Koepka, uh, they, they have more talent at the top of their leaderboard than the regular PGA tour does right now, or at least they did yesterday.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I still haven't, as big of a golf fan as I am, I just have not checked out LIV. Where was that on TV, Frank? I don't even know. See? It's on WB11, Channel 11 in St. Louis. Okay. Did you watch any of the NHL All-Star Game stuff?
6: Uh, A little bit, just to check out Robert Thomas. But I'm telling you, all-star games when we were growing up, Mark, they were the, they were awesome. The it's Pro Bowl, right. violent collision. They cared about the NHL. Now the NBA, I mean, they used to play a little bit more defense, but now they're just the only all-star game left that means anything is baseball. That's because you have a man on the mound throwing 98 miles an hour. Absolutely. Speaking of which,
2: did the Cardinals pick up? Um, we didn't talk about this too much. I don't think last week, but they're they're starting to pick up
6: different little pieces to the lineup, right? Well, yeah, this is a good piece, Keenan Middleton. Uh, is a guy who throws 96 miles an hour, 11.4 strikeouts per nine innings. This is a good seventh, eighth inning guy for you. I, I like to pick up. They're paying him a little bit of money, too, $6 million this year. And if he stays for two years, it'll be $11 million.
2: I guess we're not really hearing any buzz, but do you still think it's possible for someone to be traded or some something to come together here in the next few weeks before the regular season or maybe even before uh, spring training games start for another starting pitcher or not, Frank? Are we done there? It
6: doesn't look good at, at all in that regard. John Moselak reiterated that yesterday on Sports on a Sunday morning. So, yeah, I I just don't think it's going to happen.
2: Um, is Dennis Gates going to be in trouble with some recruits for next season, given the fact that it doesn't look like Mizzou is going to win a game in the entire SEC season, Frank?
6: Yeah, you know that that was the week last week. You got to beat this, this struggling Arkansas team or this winless Vandy team, and you went zero for two. And now it's on to Texas A&M, who's eight and three at home. You got Mississippi State, who's fourteen and eight. Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. I mean, they're not giving up, and they're still playing hard. But, Mark, when you don't rebound and you don't defend, and if you don't have an All-American like Kobe Brown, it's just a bad mix. To answer your question specifically, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to lose these recruits. For people who don't know, it's a top-five recruiting class in the country because I think kids like his style, and I, I think they like name, image, and likeness money, and Mizzou got a $62 million donation today where $12 million will go right to the Tiger Fund, which buys players for the football team and the basketball team, and then $50 million goes to improvements at Memorial Stadium. So if you can play a fun style and get paid doing it and play for a likable coach, I don't think he's going to lose these recruits. So I saw that story today. Who was it that
2: gave all that money? I didn't click on it. A, a, a gentleman by the name of Anonymous. Oh, okay. Anonymous gave $62 million. Well, that's what you need. Look, I've heard from my peeps in Columbia. They are opening up the wallets, some of these donors. So that, that's huge right there, right? That means everything yeah. to this
6: department right now. Mark, think about it. Uh, Desiree Reed-Francois basically only has two things to do. It's hire coaches and raise money. And today gave her, today somebody gave her $62 million.
2: That's a big number. I guess I, I should have clicked on that story because I didn't realize it was all coming from one person. Kusumano, have a great week. We will preview the Super Bowl on Friday afternoon. Sounds good. Thank you, Mark. All right, take care. So are you going to have big Super Bowl plans or I, not? I, I, are you going to watch the game? Are you going to watch? Like, my daughter's very excited for the Puppy Bowl. You know, the Puppy the Bowl puppy takes Bowl, place as well. Puppy Bowl, we've got a
5: couple from St. Louis in that. A couple puppies. From
2: St. Louis. How do we get them on the air? Uh, I w- <laughs> talk to the Hall of Famer.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I can do. No, seriously. Well, the like, pup- I'd like how are to you going to talk to about about the that. puppies? Okay, well, yeah, I-, I
2: mean the people who have the puppies. Yeah, we don't necessarily have to do the interview yeah, with I the puppies see what themselves. You're saying, yes. I mean, I'm more than willing to try that yes. if you can set that up in the studio. I
5: will look it up again and do
2: that. And yeah, I'm going to watch. It's the Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl. Thank you very much for acknowledging that. We're going to break here for the top of the hour. Bob Onder, who's running for the 3rd District Congressional seat that Blaine Lukemeyer holds right now. That is going to be a hot race. We'll talk about it. He's in studio, plus Dr. Mark Siegel in the next hour.
1: Get more at 971talk.com